Season two, episode 19 of the Hall of Fame show. Number 19, who is that? Johnny Unitas. I wonder if there's another hall that he could get into. Entirely possible, I'm not sure though. Isn't, uh, wasn't Sergey Fedorov also number 19? Comes up to me. Was he uh, 19 and not, who? Well, was Fedorov 19 and Eisenman 91 or was it the other way around? I think Eisenman was 19. Eisenman was 19. I apologize, Red Wings fans. It's been a long time since I've played NHL 95. Yeah. <laughs> but that hall. He's, he's nominated for the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. You can find that, nonhalloffame.com forward slash USA. And obviously it's a shameless plug because Evan and I, we made it. We're pretty pretty excited about it. So vote. I am pretty excited about it. I'm gonna warn viewers uh, that as a Bruins fan, the most competitive first round hockey series in the history of the NHL is uh, in its double overtime of game three at the moment. So if there's a lot of screaming and or swearing, Mm -hmm. uh, you'll you'll know why. So I've got no dog in this fight whatsoever. Zero. I do think it's funny that we're in game three of the series and the and the Flames and uh, and Canucks finished their regular season today. It's yeah. a little strange. Uh, COVID. I mean, look. I, I know. It's yeah. just like if you're both out of the playoffs, so why is there? Are you like contractually? Is it like for contractual obligations? Like, don't know. It didn't make any difference who played those games. They could just get injured, and then, and then, if, from what I can understand, if from the NFL, if you get injured during the off season, then you never get paid ever again. So, or maybe that's just the Broncos. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't imagine that the viewership for that game was pretty high. It was a Cal, uh, Calgary uh, Vancouver. Yeah, I actually don't know who won today. I know Vancouver won yesterday. Which was bad for them because I moved them further up the charts away from uh, having the first pick overall. It, it was so weird yeah. at one point seeing, uh, uh, what was it? Vancouver was ahead of Ottawa in the standings. No, Ottawa was ahead of Vancouver in the standings, but Ottawa was eliminated and Vancouver wasn't. Yeah. They had the big X beside, beside their, uh, their team. Calgary won 6-2 to do for those of you for some reason keeping track at home tonight. So Vancouver yeah, well, did not make their improve their position, make their position worse. I don't know. Whatever happened. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But we might as well start off with the big loaded class of the Basketball Hall of Fame. 16 new members, uh, up from quite a bit from last year. Yeah. And uh, the thing that gets me about the Basketball Hall of Fame, though, and the, the gr thing is great, but, like, they gave us a list of all the nominees, and then there were way more people who got elected. Like, we had no idea, like, I mean, for the first time, though, the international person we both know. That's true. I mean, there's no question. Even my, my wife, who knows all she knows of sports is basically the 1996 through 1998 Chicago Bulls. She knows everything about them. Is also very excited about Tony Kukoc. Nice. Uh, well, should we so, start off with him or should we go alphabetically? Oh, go, go however you want, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'll, I'm just, up for I'll just go alphabetically because that's easier for me that way. Val uh, okay. Ackerman. Uh, I can't. I don't think a lot of people were that familiar with her. I mean, I just knew the name, but uh, first president of the WNBA, former, uh, sec not secretary, uh, special consultants. I, those titles always mess me up. Yeah. Uh, you know, for David Stern uh, or special assistant. I mean, like, I'm sure that some special assistants are quite useful and some like <clears throat> Robbie Alomar uh, probably weren't. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. So, uh, 
from everything I've read, I mean, definitely of a deserving candidate. Well, they, they pretty much, they all are. They all are. I don't, I don't want to use a qualifier and say pretty much every one of these people belong. Uh, Rick Edelman, uh, former pretty, pretty good player in his own right, uh, but made it as a coach. Uh, 1,042 wins, pretty good. That's, uh, that's a significant number of wins and a 582 winning percentage too. Yeah. On, um, so yeah, he reached 200 wins in just 288 games, which at the time was a record. Mm. That's, uh, that's, that's uh, basically, that's Belichickian. Although uh, Jim McMahon would disagree if you saw what he said today. Oh, I didn't see what Jim McMahon said. What would you call him? A, uh, it wasn't just a liar. It was like a fucking lying snake, I believe. Because, uh, he, because yeah. he, made, he made Jim McMahon move to Cleveland and then only paid him for three games. So, Making someone move to Cleveland, that, that might be... Again, I, I am a Cleveland defender. Cleveland is a much better city than it gets credit for. So I've discussed my experience there. I'll leave it at that. I know, I know, I know, I know. So, although the w- weirdest thing about Cleveland is it's the whole thing is planned. And so there are literally blocks where they had stuff like the roads are all set up for houses and there's nothing there, just like green space. But it's not like a park either. It's just like a green empty lot that someone comes along and mows every once in a while. That's like block sized. It's very, very strange. If you like, there's a hill you come down into Cleveland and you could just see like a whole bunch of just blocks where there should be houses and there aren't. Hmm. It's a little bit, a little I, bit odd. I was not in that part. Uh, yeah. Former Raptor Chris Bosch, who was certainly vocal about his omission last year, but it was yeah. kind of the right thing to do. No, he, no, no offense to Chris Bosch, who's a clear hall of famer, but they just wanted Duncan Garnett and and Bryant, they didn't want and the rest. If you know what I mean with that yeah. class, this is actually a better thing for for it to happen. Agreed for him, I think. Uh, <laughs> I get the cachet of being a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I totally get that, mm-hmm. but uh, I've never thought he, he, that he, was. he got in on his first nomination. That is true. That that is no. true. That's one way to look at it. Uh, Bob Dandridge, long time coming. Yeah, yeah. Two-time All-Star, two-time champion. I forgot about his second title with Washington. I always think of him as a buck. Yeah, I wish, I wish that we knew who they're looking for on the Veterans Committee, like we do at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I wish it could just be like, hey, here's who's on our list. You know what I mean? And then they do one of them. I just wish I knew who all these people on the other list were. So... Well, I think, well, they do announce the list of who they're considering, but it's such a ginormous list. I know. That it, it's hard to even remember what, what it was. I've got actually like a Word document just backed up. So the next time they do that, I can just sort of like cut and paste because mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's the same people for, for when I put that up on the site. Um, it's sort of like a now good time to sort of mention that I, I'm, I think I'm speaking for you also, and please correct me if I'm wrong. We're pretty happy with this group of that, that they've inducted. It's just, yeah, agree. it's just how they get there that is befuddling. Yeah. How is the committee? Who's on it? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's very difficult to be less transparent than the Rock Hall. And yet they've managed. Pro basketball comes very, very close. Like baseball hall of fame, whether or not we agree with their decisions and, and the fact that the voting is secret 
other than that, they are pretty open, honestly, as to who they're considering, all that other stuff. Pro football is super open about yeah. like, here's who's on the list. And they even, even, they even started telling us, like, they mentioned the people they're considering for the veterans group who were, didn't make the nominees list. Like, I remember seeing that, uh, uh, that uh, Stanley Morgan was on their radar for the first time, which was interesting to me uh, this last year. I don't think Stanley Morgan is a Patriots fan is a Hall of Famer. He's a Patriots Hall of Famer, 100%, but I don't think he's an overall Hall of Famer. But I was at least interested to see, hey, like, hey, here's the people we're looking at. You can see all the way through with pro football because, like, here's the 109 preliminary nominees that we marked down to 25 and we bring to 15 where we got five in. Like, basketball, we knew originally who the nominees were, but then there's just, like, all these other categories. Like, it just you have no idea. Like, we somehow are a class of 17, and there are five who didn't get in that we know about. So. I mean, for all I know, you're on that committee, and you haven't told me. Sworn to secrecy, my friend. Moving on, Cotton Fitzsimmons. I actually thought he was already in. Yeah, I did too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a bit of a surprise. A surprise for me for the wrong reason. So clearly I'm not the hall expert I thought I was. Uh, so head coach of the year twice, uh, mostly known for his time with the Suns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, another good choice. Obviously a really good choice because we both thought he was there. Another person who I absolutely love. Uh, it's, again, so strange to me that and I guess I, I, just growing up, right, when basketball all my life has been a predominantly African-American sport to me. Mm-hmm. Real, re, every year when I would cover this, and with the knowledge that there had to be an early African-American pioneer list because it mm-hmm. was created, is just mind-boggling and disgusting to me all at the same time. <laughs> that mm-hmm. actually happened but uh this the, the candidate this year a uh, wonderful candidate uh clarence fast jenkins also someone who is deserving of consideration for uh the baseball hall of fame in the neighborly category if they yeah. ever open the, that door again i don't know if they ever will i don't know if they ever will either the, the point of that what was that half a decade ago a decade ago mm-hmm. uh was to basically close the door mostly on the negro league so it's possible they could go back but i don't think that's happening anytime soon mm-hmm. Uh, the, Howard Gar, Garfinkel, who I kind of liken him as sort of the Gil Brandt of this class. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the man who really opened up scouting uh, high school high school players, which was something that not all that long ago was, was considered like, why would you bother doing that? Mm-hmm. But with a lot of people sort of like jumping from high school, they, I guess they can do that again now, right? High school to pros? Or is it they still? Well, they still have to take a step. Like the number two prospect just signed with the G League. Okay. For the incoming class. So he's going to be professional, but he can't go directly to NBA. He's going to have to spend a year okay. in the G League getting paid and not having to pretend to take a class at the University of North Carolina. So, Right. So, again, again just like the next – it's the next level. I mean, high, people can go from – it's amazing to me in basketball where there's so few spots, but we've seen how many players – actually, one, two of them just got into the Hall of Fame with Kobe and, uh, and Garnett. Kobe didn't go to college, right? Yeah, he went. I remember. Yeah, he, yeah, Kobe, Kobe and Garnett went straight through. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the still, old, the, great, still the greatest trade in Hornets history: Kobe Garnett, uh, or Kobe Bryant for uh, for Vladi Divac, straight up. And that's not even a shot at Vladi. Vladi, it's not. It's not. Vladi was a very good player and a Hall of Famer in his own right, but and he was still a good player uh, at the time he spent for Charlotte. But yeah. Uh, it's like well, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of like what's the possible. Yep. Not a car guy here, so 
Oh, 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 we got an ending. Oh, what happened? Ending in the hockey game. Good right. guys won. Okay. Who got the goal? Um, I don't know. Hold on. It's around, my problem is it's around the corner, so I can't really see it. Nah, no worries. Uh, I'm, I'm getting updates from my buddies on the game. The winner was scored by... I know that Pasternak went crashing into the boards while we've been talking. That's why I've been a little bit distracted here. But go ahead, keep going. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Yolanda Griffith, mm-hmm. uh, sort of a pre well, pre WNBA player. Again, very good. If had she the WNBA been in existence, there's every reason to think she would have been a multi-time WNBA All Star. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, she did play in uh, the precursor league. Uh, what was the women's basketball league? Yeah, WBL. WBL, yeah. Uh, two-time Olympic gold medal. So again, if you're good enough to be on the Olympic Olympic team for the for the United States, yeah, you're pretty yeah. good. We we said that with both of the the women's candidates, like that was just both of them were Hall of Famers. Like as soon as we saw right. both of them, you're like those two. There's no there's no argument for mm-hmm. that. So. So, and I just gotta I just gotta hear an update uh, from my good friend. I'll. I'm going to give her a shout out to make sure that she actually watched this. My good friend, Michelle, who's a diehard Yankees fan, who's stealing my uh, MLB package, by the way. Oh, <laughs> shit, I shouldn't have told anyone that. Uh, Kluber just got a no-hitter. Another? Kluber got a no-hitter? Yeah. Wow. I, I saw a stat the other day that, uh, that um, in the last two months, uh, Jason Tatum has now had three 50-point games. And on those nights, two of those nights, there's been a no-hitter. And the other night, there were two one-hitters. So I don't know whether that has anything with Jason Tatum or the fact that baseball doesn't have very many hits anymore. Because if he had a no-hitter, that's a six-run this season already. It's pretty much it's a strikeout or a home run. Uh, Like, every player is Dave Kingman now. Yeah. Or also known, as I've said before, Bobby Dahlbeck of the Boston Red Sox. Yes. Uh, the the goal was scored by Craig Smith, by the way, who is a, okay. one of those players who, when the Bruins signed him, like that is the best free agent signing we've made in a while. So, it's good between Craig. If again, we're not talking about this, but between Craig Smith and Taylor Hall, who was on your elevator down a few weeks ago, if Hall resigns, yep. David Krejci's entire career has been rejuvenated because Krejci's not fast, and both those guys are super fast. Yep. So if he can just get them the puck, he's going to have like 80 assists next year if they have a full season. So so much more hockey than I thought we were going to be talking about today. I know. I'm sorry. It's a, I'm, I'm a Bruins fan. I can't help it. We have no overtime, double overtime game. Uh, it's, Three I, games, four overtime so far. I, was, I had the same game, then it froze, and I just, I just sort of let, let it freeze because I'm pirating things. Sorry, NHL. You're in the Caribbean. Of course you are. I'm a pirate. Yeah, so Johnny Depp and me. Congratulations. I don't know. Wouldn't that be sort of really sad, though? Like, if you go to, uh, you know, you can go to Disney World there and you go on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and it's like, and it just happens like, but mommy, why is this old white guy in his underwear watching sports? Yeah, on, on another tangent away from what we need to be talking about, my, I've discovered that face swap app because my friend was using it a bunch. And I, uh, I replaced my face with, uh, with, um, uh, Harley Quinn's and Bird of, of Prey for my daughter tonight. Oh, okay. And she was just like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that very much would have been what it would have been like you as Johnny Depp in the uh, the Pirates of Caribbean. Yes. Yes, and 
Uh, no, actually, I'm going to hold back on what I was thinking there. I'm, I'm anyway, actually, Yolanda Griffith. <laughs> Yolanda Griffith. Well, but it was a perfect segue into Lauren Jackson, yeah. who is, with all due respect to Paul Pierce, who we're going to talk about, there's not a bigger slam dunk for mm. who should be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And I know some people might be listening or watching this, Kirk, you rag on the WNBA all the time. Not... I don't rag on them for how, for for how they how they're playing and what they're what they're what they're when they're worthy. I rag on them if they ever say that they should be paid the same as an NBA player mm-hmm. or anything like that. But that's neither here nor there. Lauren, and, 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 and it's a different argument for the women's national U.S. soccer team, who is much more successful and draws just as well as U.S. men's team. Absolutely. Absolutely. As to the WNBA and the NBA. So it's not necessarily just a gender thing. It's an actual. You know, it's a putting a, you're putting asses in seats thing. That's what it is for me. It's what are you worth? Right. And so, like, when some people came back and said, hey, look at that. Well, it turns out that uh, U.S. soccer lost to uh, a U15 team. Okay. Yeah, they did. And, yeah, we know this. Yes, we know that men can play better at sports than women. Here's the other thing. How many, how many seats did that U15 team fill after? What's that? Not- None? Not very many, yeah. Yeah, mom was there with the orange slices, I'm sure. Yeah, so anyway. But yeah, so Lauren, Lauren Jackson to me, I think she's a Hall of Famer if she never even sets foot in the WNBA. That's how great she was internationally. Carrying Australia on her back to three silver medals and making them competitive against the, a juggernaut of a U.S. team that they had no business even being competitive against. You take yeah. Lauren Jackson out of that, I think there's no there's no medals, period. Yeah. I really I, I, I truly believe that. Add in the WNBA, what she's uh I know she's a champion. I'm sorry, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I should have been more prepared. Two time three time MVP, I think. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I should be more prepared is basically our, our motto. Yeah, that's uh, I know she she's seven time all star, three time WNBA MVP, two time WNBA championship winner. Right, so, so including winning the MVP of the finals in 2010, so, as well as being defensive player of the year while leading the league in rebounding and points per game. What more do you want from a player? <laughs> Seriously. Like, there's nothing more that Lauren Jackson can possibly do in basketball. Yeah. Nothing more. Uh, Tony Kukoc, who we inadvertently opened with, uh, most people remember him uh, for the second three-peat. And mm-hmm. – but he came in with big hype, lived up to it, to that, to a 90, to early 90s standards. I think people forget now, nowadays when we got Jokic, we got Donkic, uh, Giannis, the top three of the top five players in, in the NBA are European. Mm-hmm. That was not the case in the mid 90s. So what, Tony was dominating the EuroLeague and dominating because uh, he was three Euro baskets to the Euro championships right before he came to, to Chicago. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of people, okay, well, what's, what's that going to translate to? And it translated to a pretty damn good player, sixth, sixth man of the year. Uh, to, it did very well internationally for both Yugoslavia. And then when the breakup of that country happened for Croatia, mm-hmm. multiple medals on, on that stage. I mean, he, he won a silver in 88 with Yugoslavia and a silver with Croatia in 92. Right. So, I mean, he, I don't know why he wasn't in already. Yeah, that's a very good question. Because honestly, Dino Raja 
was one of the people they chose. Yeah. And there's no comparison, in my opinion. No, Tony Kukoc, all, like all across the board, not just in the NBA, was a much better player than Dino Rasha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to say, when Tony Kukoc came in, like we already sort of joked about Vlade. Vlade Divac was there, but we had uh, Arvidas Sabonis. He's not your Vitas, he's our Vitas. <laughs> was at the end of his career, but still had like these silky European basketball moves we hadn't really seen before. Like his step throughs and the Euro step and everything. The first time I think I remember seeing them was with Sabonis. And then of course, the late great Drazen Petrovic, mm-hmm. who was an incredible, incredibly good player. I mean, probably Petrovic, I mean, I'd say Kukoc in the NBA was probably like a top 40 player. Uh, Petrovic was a top 20, 25 player in the league when before he died in that car accident. But I mean, Kukoc, Petrovic, uh, Savonis, and Divac were really the, the leaders of the European movement into the NBA. Mm-hmm. Am I forgetting someone? Are those the ones who are, go with me? Uh, Shrimp. Oh, definitely Shrimp. Yeah, of course, Shrimp as well. Yeah. I knew I was, when you're doing stuff off the top of your head, you're going to forget somebody. Yeah. So. But yeah, Detlef Shrimp was also very, very good. And those particular uh, Seattle teams. So, but nowadays you're thinking, okay, okay, I'm going to pick an NBA team to be a fan of. All right. So, do they have a player with the la- that ends that has the last name that ends with the letter C? Because you want that. Yeah. Yeah, it's entirely true. You don't necessarily want I. Sometimes you get Novitsky. Sometimes you get Barnyani. So. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, I'm getting out of that here. Uh, <laughs> Earl Moore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't familiar with her. I, I have I to. But, uh, you know, a quick look at what she accomplished. Uh, still the leading all-time college score. That means something. And she, yeah. and she set that record in 1979. Yep. There have been a few more female basketball players since then. Right. And it's not, and it's not like uh, the women's college players are, are bolting early. Like, no. No. So... Uh, also a member of the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, I think this man will be the headliner, uh, or maybe he won't be because of Bill Russell, but Paul Pierce. Yeah. Um, yeah, Paul Pierce is still one of my five favorite Boston athletes of all time, uh, from my lifetime. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to – I mean, Russell and Ted Williams and Bobby Orr all retired before I was born, right? But in terms of just pure joy of watching and, and his career unfolding – and everything else, he was one of my, uh, he's one of my absolute all-time favorite players to watch. Uh, and just the way he, the way he came back from being stabbed all those times in the bar uh, to surviving, thank you very much, Tony Petit, because Tony Petit really saved his life. Um, but, uh, and, and became, and battled through all those terrible teams with Rick Pitino and and uh, Antoine Walker and his wiggle and the way too many three-pointers to being an I mean, I'm not going to say, you've said before that you think Rondo was the most important person on that 2018, even though Pierce won the uh, MVP MVP of the finals. But Rondo, Pierce, Garnett, and Allen together should have won at least two. They should have won that 2010 finals. And if Garnett doesn't get hurt, they have a very good shot of that 2009 finals when they end up getting beaten in, by Orlando. Um, yeah, Paul Pierce is, uh, I, he's the truth. Shaq gave him his nickname. He's, he's the truth. And uh, f- firmly, firmly believe that he, uh, he deserves to be in here on his first try. So, mm-hmm. 
So then we have Bill Russell getting in as a coach. Uh, I, I like it. I have to admit, I never even thought about it until he was nominated. I mean, he's the first black head coach in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. He's also first black coach to win a championship in mm-hmm. the NBA. Uh, I believe he was the first black coach in the four major sports, at least the modern era, unless I'm mistaken. Uh, yeah, yeah I, re- I read that. Um, so. Yeah. Um, and let me just tell you that Boston in 1967 <laughs> wasn't, 68, 69, wasn't the most friendly place for people who are not white. Um, so as I've often said, he lived up in Reading, Mass, uh, and people broke into his house and took a crap on his bed. Mm-hmm. Like, and he still pr- went through it. There's a reason he didn't come back to Boston for a long time after he left. Um, but 100%, just what he had to go through, how successful he was at it. Um, I, I mean, again, what are you going to say about, about Bill Russell? He turned 87 this week, I think. Yeah. Um, so, um, as by the way, it's actually the 75th birthday of Andre the Giant today, by the way. Ah. It would be Andre's 75th. Uh, I know that because I posted something about on his 71st birthday, one of my favorite quotes of his. Because he died at 46, so he's been dead almost 30 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah he'd be 75 today. I, I, uh, hold on. Let me see if I can find the quote of, of his um, that I had. It was, it was Iron Sheik worthy. It was like, I don't like speaking bad about people, but I make an exception for Hulk Hogan. <laughs> 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 I gotta find the Andre the Giant quote, but anyway, uh, uh, Iron Sheik's quotes on Hulk Hogan are are just fantastic. Uh, ben Wallace, I love this, and it's actually yeah. going to segue later to my elevator up, which I'll explain after. Uh, but Ben Wallace, uh, four-time Defensive Player of the Year, uh, first Piston from that 2004 team. That's crazy. How many of those guys do you think get in? The only other one. Because I don't think Charles. I think the only other one, right? I'm sorry. I I didn't hear what you said. Did you say Chauncey Billups is the only other one? Yes, that's what I said. Yeah, I don't think Rip Hamilton's not getting in. Rashid, possibly, but and Tayshawn Prince isn't getting in. So, yeah, the first member of that team. It's about. I forgot Darko. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Celtics legend, Darko Milicic. Um, yeah. No, breaks my rule about the letter C, doesn't it? Yeah, not every, not every letter can be perfect. Mm. So, um, no, yeah, but uh, Ben Wallace 100% deserves it. What, a four-time uh, yeah. defensive player of the year? Oh. Like, yeah. It, 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 that, that one I'm excited about. They actually, the, the, he and the other one who uh, – yep. well, Go ahead, just bring him up. Chris Weber. Yeah, yeah, that was your man. That was your man. Yes, right yeah, very much so. I, I, I just did actually a, sh- a show with Vinny uh, the other day, uh, where we talked. Where I, I, I did an award show for the end of season NBA, so I mm-hmm. let him sort of react to that. Uh, so I said on that one, so I'll be repeating myself a bit. Uh, I think Weber was hosed, and they made him wait until he was sort of cleared out of everything from Michigan. Now that suspension's lifted. I honestly think they, whoever is voting on this committee, whoever you may be, sort of were might have been instructed or just decided, you know what, whatever he did at Michigan doesn't count. And forget about the timeout. Yeah, I know. I know. I get it. But that Fab Five team is the most important college basketball team in the last 30 years. No doubt in my mind. 
Yeah, I mean, who who else are you even bringing up? Like, for the last 30 years. So that brings us back to 1991, right? So those, I guess the, I guess the team's right before the 91 UNLV, 92 Duke. There's 92 Duke or 93 Duke with Grant Hill and Christian Leitner. Uh, Leitner would have been, wouldn't have been 92 because Leitner was on the dream team. And yeah, Dream was, was that would have been 92. Yeah. Yeah. So those teams, and then probably the there are a couple others I could think of, like the 95 uh UNC team, 97, 98 Kentucky teams. But yeah, that Michigan team. The, I mean the Fab Five, the the everything about them was just cool. There there's only they're the only ones that you could do a 30 for 30 on. And if you did that one for the UNLV, you're pretty much talking about Tarkanian the whole time. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that, that UNLV team was really, really good, but they didn't win. And I guess neither did Michigan. So, and besides, you could have like, you had to have like 15 minutes, as I always say on Dugan Fife. I mean, <laughs> again, a man who is probably like the greatest basketball player ever to come out of his town, played on one of the greatest teams of all time, but we got to come up with, with like a Dugan Fife. <laughs> like a card for all these things that make no sense that have come up. Dugan Fife being sort of like in one of those things. Uh, not Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik's the center. Right, yes. But speaking of Iron Sheik, just to go back and put a bow on it, uh, the yeah. quote from Andre the Giant, I don't like to speak badly of people. I've grown up thinking and being told that if you cannot say something nice about someone, you should not say anything at all. But I must break that rule in this case because I hate Hulk Hogan very much. He's a big, ugly goon, and I want to squash his face. <laughs> Andre the Giant. There we go. <laughs> happy, 70, happy, hopefully, se- heavenly seventy fifth. Who knows what goes on on the other side? But yeah. So. I, well, who, who's good? Is there? Are they really going to turn him down? That man. <laughs> terrible Andre impression. But yeah. Going to say no? Nah, exactly. And then uh, Jay Wright, right? Is he the yeah. last person? Yeah, Jay Wright. Uh, Kurt. Oh. Current uh, coach at Villanova, like two uh, two championships in the last five years. I'm not always fond of when they do they induct active co- coaches, but what are you going to do? You know. Yeah, but I mean, it, once you get the Wooden Award as like the Legends of Coaching Award for the NCAA, I just kind of feel like it doesn't matter if you're still active or not. Like not- Coach Chashevsky is still active. That's very He's, true. So. Once you win the the Wooden Award, which is the, the the like it's a Legends of Coaching Award for the NCAA, it's kind of like more than just a Coach of the Year. It's like a Lifetime Achievement Award. I kind of feel like that should just allow you to mm-hmm. bypass the list. So, yeah. but no, this is an awesome class. Like I have I have zero complaints about all the people got in. I know you posted something and somebody immediately is like, "You forgot X person from whatever," and you're like, "No, that person is all deserves me in too." But they have 16 yeah. people. Like, all 16 of these people deserve to be here. So, well, yeah, I forget how, uh, how, how that was sort of like came across. But, yeah, like, obviously you don't like, well, well yeah, I do. I mean, like, what? We, like, this is not, wasn't an egregious snub. No. That's okay. Uh, quick, quick question for you. Um, of the five people we knew who were nominated who didn't make it, mm-hmm. Michael Cooper, Tim Hardaway, yep. uh, Marquez Johnson, Marianne Stanley and Lita Andrews. Mm-hmm. Which one do you think is the most likely to get in next? 
Well, if we base it on, on, on what happened on the court, it's Hardaway. But right, but Hardaway, we've talked about his candidacy before, yeah. although he seems genuinely repentant over it, so who knows? It would have been a good year to put him in with a giant class. It would have been, because yeah. I don't even know who's up next year. Well, also, too, because like, you've got everything going on from the actual ceremony the day before. True. Well, like, yeah. There's so much shit going on in the basketball world that you know the people who would have been up in arms might not have even noticed it that much. True. So, uh, having said that, I mean, I st I'm still going to go with Hardaway. Okay. Uh, the person who I think will eventually get in. And, you know, he's doing everything right. He's doing his apology tour. He's yeah. it. I, I'm wondering if Lita Andrews at some point here, just with her history, isn't just they find a way at the women's committee or something to get her off the main list and in on a different way. Because she's been up now six oh. or seven at this point so, I forget. so speaking of comments we got a, we got something on our youtube channel oh yeah yeah uh i, sh I should have brought that up i wasn't planning to I'll, but i'll go find it yeah so it's on our reaction show for the okay. rock hall so okay. i i think the gist of it was that we disrespected ll cool j okay i <laughs> don't think that we did i think we were very open we both said you a little bit more than myself that believing that he deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I agreed with that. I disagreed, and I'll say it again, the way he got in sucks. Agreed. And That's it. That's it. Yeah, oh no, we have, we have four comments from the same person. Yeah. So, which is, and, and again, so uh, Mr. Tabor, thank you for, because he, he, he'll say that he does comment a lot, and he does. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've, I've seen a lot of comments on that. So if, it sounded like we were disrespecting LL. That was not our intention, unless you're really thinking that I joke about him being the star of NCIS. So my, 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 yeah, well, that, that is true. The, but the, the one thing I will, the one thing I will say is not that I'm not upset LL got in. Here are my two arguments about it. Mm -hmm. One is that they've only been putting in one rap person every single time, which they did again this time with Jay-Z, right? So having a second person on there who'd already been nominated like six times seemed like a waste to me. I also didn't have a problem with the way he got in. I, like I said, if you put, and I'll go back, if you put a second person in on that list, I'd rather it be the Sugar Hill Gang or Gil Scott Heron or somebody who's at the very beginning. And I think we said shock and not. Right, well, hold on. But, yeah. but in terms of him being on the nominees list. Yeah, now, yeah. Gil Scott Heron got in, which I was super excited about. Right. Uh, but then the second part where he got into the musical excellence, I just thought it was weird that he got in over Chaka Khan. Right. And, and that was our, that was really our bone of contention. So please keep posting. We do uh, enjoy all comments, but I just thought we, we would address that one. Yeah. As, as I posted that on, uh, I think one of Tom Lane's things and one of the members of the nominating committee is like, cause I said, I just thought it was weird that Chaka Khan wasn't over them. And she's like, they're both deserving. And I'm like, I'm not arguing they're both deserving. What I'm saying is that it's weird to me that Chaka Khan, who's significantly older, has been on the list many more times, ended up getting the not getting passed over in this case over LL Cool J, who's significantly younger and is probably probably would have been on the ballot. I mean, they both would have been on the ballot again next year, yeah. probably. Um, so no, I have I have no trouble with him getting in. I understand what he's saying, and maybe we disrespected him, um, but. I just thought that it was a weird. If one of us did, it would have been me. 
Probably. Whatever. But no, keep commenting. No, we appreciate it. Like, uh, you do not all have to agree with us. We no. don't agree with ourselves sometimes. No, we I'll don't. be like, why did I even say that? So. No, we don't. There, there, there are times that, uh, that well, you've put me in my place a few times. <laughs> Probably will again. Uh, and yeah, and you, you give it right back, my friend. So we have, we have this, you know, this chemistry going for two people who've never met each other in real life. Oh, I think. I know. Do we want to touch about the fans? Because the fans. I think yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I, I mean that that's your team, sort of. And I know that I know. I think it's as an outsider of the of the Toronto Raptors basketball fandom. Mm -hmm. I do think it's cool that the person who they selected was a not a white dude. And be somebody who's legitimately been to every one of his team's games in the history of the franchise, right? Mm -hmm. At least all the home games. I don't know if he's been to every game, but every home game. As far as I know. In the history of the franchise, right? I thought it was pretty cool that that was it. Now, I know that you have some reservations about it on a couple of levels. I do. Um, but just as an outsider who doesn't necessarily care about it, I think I thought it was pretty cool. Well, okay. It's, it's, my reservation is nothing against uh, Navbatia at all right. uh, been i had seasons for one year it's like it was always sort of neat to see him like at the front row and he'd always like throw up his towel like every time you know like for when the opponent's taking a free throw he's in it was, it was awesome clearly loved the game uh i got a problem because who was the other person who was also part of that uh goldstein i forget his first name from the clippers who was always at clippers games okay i don't know but go ahead yeah so my, my issue here is there's this is the first time that that this has ever happened where they're having sort of like a fan thing which is which is good i i like that but you and i have become acquainted with someone else who's who is in a fan hall of fame and in the pro football hall of fame he's not yeah an awesome dude by the way the Wayne awesome is an incredible dude right so. and wayne went in with two other people who mm -hmm. like him and when, when i say that we're not taught, we're someone who pretty much had to like work so that they could afford to do what they were doing. I understand what you're saying. Tom's loaded. Uh, he became more loaded from, from this and good on him. I mean, it's a, he tells a story of when he first came, came to Canada, how there was a lot of people who wouldn't hire him because he, he had the turban on. So he became a car salesman and he worked his ass off and then became so good that he bought his own. So he's got a few dealerships. He's got a multi-million dollar house in Toronto and he earned every bit of it. And I love that story. But it's just another elite rewarding elite. And if we're going to... Yeah, again, again, though, you just told his story. He came up from... It's a Canadian dream, right? Sure. He came, up, he came to a country where he didn't... Where he had to work his butt off and made himself rich and put himself in a position to do that. Don't we have others in more established teams? No, I mean, well, would you prefer Jack Nicholson? Yes. <laughs> Spike Lee? Yes. Yes and yes to those answers. And here's why. I'm dead serious. Here's why. Okay. Jack Nicholson, when he started doing that, basketball wasn't cool. I guarantee you, Jack, more people went to games because of Jack Nicholson than a hell of a lot of players that exist. Mm. Still thinking that the Dr. Demento Night Before Christmas, which is all about Jack Nicholson's love of the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know if you ever remember hearing that one. No, no, I haven't seen that. So the, so I guess maybe my reservation is I think I would have rather it went to someone who is a little more blue collar 
And maybe that's my own bias because that, that's just me. And I'm not taking anything away from not from, from, from super fan. We I, know. I, I, so I think, was he, was he the only one who went in? That was the only one I saw. Did you say there was one from the Clippers as well? well or no? I kind of saw, cause I'm kind of confused actually to be. To yeah. Me. So uh, some, some, uh, another real, some real estate guy named last name Goldstein. I think the whole thing is named after him. Oh, okay. Uh, from Clippers. Uh, so maybe, yeah, you know what? We'll do a follow up on that next week to because okay. I think a lot of people won't. But also, Penny Marshall's stuff is, is there because she was a super fan too. Yeah, that's true. So why not Jack Nick? Jack Nicholson's a bigger deal, and Spike Lee is. And again, I will I will go down on history saying that Jack Nicholson's fandom did a lot for that sport. Spike Lee's fandom did a lot for that sport. Fair enough. Uh, those other two. I don't think so. It's a great story. And, but yeah. but how, about, how about Donnie Wahlberg with the Celtics? That's what I really want to know. <laughs> Again, the difference between LA and, LA and Boston with fandom. You got Jack Nicholson, and we got one of the lesser Wahlbergs for well, our super fans. We had so. Drake. Because oh, that, oh, yeah, Drake, true. That's yeah. true. So, I mean, there, there's that. I don't know. That's... I I wonder if I didn't have so many conversations with Wayne mm-hmm. and uh, see how that fan hall of fame is. Mm-hmm. If that didn't exist and I didn't know Wayne, I probably wouldn't have even given a second thought. Probably possible. Yeah. I don't know. Wayne, Wayne, you're too good a guy. You're ruining fandom for, for, for <laughs> appreciates of other people's fandom. So. Right. Which, but, uh, which, would, which would upset him to say that. So, no. But Wayne, just by the way, Wayne Mabry is the violator for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I have to get used to saying the Vegas Raiders. Uh, but he is, uh, again, an absolute gentleman and a true fan of uh, football. And we're very excited. Just, he got to meet him, get to know him a little bit, and then he got in the hall of the uh, pro football fan hall this year. So, uh, Do we want to go to one of the segments, or do we want to touch on the EPL? That's pretty much all you. What? Well, why don't we just talk to the EPL and get that out of the way here quickly. Sure. Um, so the EPL has announced, um, so EPL has a Hall of Fame, and they announced a couple weeks ago that their first two inductees were uh, Thierry Henry um, and, uh, I'm blanking out right now, Thierry Henry and uh, Alan Shearer, mm-hmm. uh, who's the all-time leading goal scorer and one of the greatest players in Henry for Arsenal. Um, so they've announced four more people who are going in. So those guys were like their own special category, like the two greatest players in the, the league started in 92. It's like the 30 years of the league, essentially, 30 seasons. Um, over the last couple of days, they've added four more, and they still have two more to go, which we'll know about later. Uh, but they added Eric Cantona, um, who played with Leeds and most notably with Manchester United, four-time Premier League champion, uh, player of the year, uh, F- two-time FA Cup winner, like just took – there's a time it's hard for people to remember that Manchester United sucked for a while. Um, and Cantona and his captainship of that team really turned Manchester United around. And, I mean, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, of course, equally important. But Cantona was the, really the first person who really helped rebuild uh, Manchester United. Um, and then they also put in the guy who came right after him, uh, Roy Keane, who after Cantona left became the captain of Manchester United. 
uh, seven-time Premier League champion. That's that's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> uh, Four-time FA Cup winner. Um, he was basically the rookie of the year, what they call the young player of the year, uh, basically the rookie of the year back in 1990, 91. Um, uh, I, yeah, just one of the most competitive people ever in soccer. Like, just like, imagine the best motivating captain you can possibly imagine of a team. And that was Roy Keane, um, an Irishman, by the way. So uh, the first four people, one Englishman, two Frenchmen, and an Irishman uh, going in. in the well, first, the first guy says. Yeah, I know. Uh, then we get our next Englishman. Today they announced Frank Lampard, um, the highest scoring midfielder in the history of uh, the EPL. He had 178 goals, played with West Ham, uh, uh, Chelsea, and Manchester City, three-time Premier League champion, four-time FA Cup winner. Um, uh, again, just it, it's hard to argue that Lampard shouldn't be there. But just he part of the – really part of the turnaround at Chelsea because Chelsea also was down for a long time. These, these teams that wanted to break away mm-hmm. – they forget that there was a time that Chelsea and Manchester United hadn't won anything in a long freaking time. Um, but Lampard was a big part when he came over West Ham to making Chelsea relevant again. And then Dennis Bergkamp, um, who was three-time Premier League champion with Arsenal, uh, player of the year um, and four-time FA Cup winner, just another one of the great midfielders in the history of the league. Uh, they've done a really good job with these folks. I'm imagining the last two people, they don't have any defenders yet and they don't have any goalkeepers. So I'm imagining the last two are going to be a defender and a goalkeeper. I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Schmeichel, who's Danish, uh, should be the goalkeeper in my opinion. Uh, his son, Casper Schmeichel, actually um, basically single-handedly saved uh, – he's, he's the goalkeeper for – Leicester City, my team, single-handedly saved Leicester City in the um, in the Cup final, the uh, FA Cup final uh, earlier last week. But uh, yeah, I think Peter Schmeichel will be one of them, and I can't tell you who the other one's necessarily going to be, except to say I'd be very surprised if it was David Beckham. If it was, um, it's a, I'd be very surprised if it was Beckham. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it, it, there are a lot of other folks on here I think deserve a little bit more. I expect it'll be a defender. Um, but I mean, you still got John Terry out there, Rio Ferdinand, Steven Gerrard, um, Andy Cole. Like, there's just Paul Scholes. There's just so many really great players on this list, which is how it's supposed to be. It's the first class in the history of this league. Um, so I'm, I, I think it's Schmeichel and somebody, but I can't tell you who it is going to be. We'll find that out tomorrow. Well, if, if Beckham doesn't get in, I, I hope you know. He, I hope he he can handle it, you know, because it's got to be. He's he's had such a rough life. So far, it's it's been, it's been, it's been posh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's the bar that I have to break. Yeah, well, I'm just yeah. (laughs) I I, I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to use the line from Fat Boy Slim's Wonderful Night uh, when they say in the line, "My style's fucking posh like Dave Beckham," which is one of my favorite lines in any. Uh, Fat Boy Slim song, but I decided I couldn't figure out how to work it in, so that's all I could do. So, my, my, anyway, my favorite line with that was actually from uh, Ali G. Okay, when he interviewed them both, and uh, they were going to have a kid. I'm not going to try to do his accent because I can't do it. But uh, so, so he had them on the show. So, uh, so you're with your kid, uh, like, uh, 
do you, do you hope uh, it's good? Do you hope he's going to be like a soccer or football player like like you, or uh, or a singer like Mariah Carey? <laughs> Which wow. His delivery obviously was way better than any. That's really, really good. I've never seen that. That's really good. So, uh, All anyway. Right. Should we get to uh, those who've, who've left or, ele or the elevators? Um, we've been close with the good, the bad, and the ugly. We might as well close with that again. All right. So, I, I, want, I don't know. Which one do you prefer? Uh, I'll do the elevator up only because uh, it sort of ties in a bit with basketball. Uh, my elevator okay. up is Rudy Gobert. Uh, he's okay. going to win the Defensive Player of the Year. He won the non-Hall of Fame version of that. So, Rudy, claim your prize here in Barbados. Make sure you get that worked <laughs> into your deal. Nice. And Rudy is going to be a multi-time player, so what helps a multi-time player, multi-time depoy get in? Mm. And Wallace, with, with that. Yeah. Uh, I Dennis Rodman as well. Is right. in, in exactly. Gobert has gone, what, from two years to being patient zero to the best defensive player <laughs> like in basketball. No one's going to talk about that. I don't know how far Utah is going to go. I would love to see Utah win it all just to see what a party looks like in Utah. I, I, I don't know what that would look like. Remember that time I told you the story that of going to the Calvinist wedding that had no alcohol in Ottawa? Mm-hmm. I'd imagine that's what a party in Utah would look like. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just, just that championship parade might be very, very interesting. But uh, we'll see. Uh, so he's my elevator up. I don't have a whole lot to sort of say about that because uh, there wasn't really anybody who, stu who stood out specifically. And I, I had basketball on the mind because I've, I've been writing so much about it lately. Uh, my elevator down is not a – is, again, just like last week – has nothing to do with any athlete. I'm looking at my doppelganger. I called myself the fat Ricky Schroeder, and yeah, that's fine. I'm better looking than you now. I see what you look like now, bitch. <laughs> okay. I don't really care about your politics, Ricky. Last week, I, I, as you may have noticed, if you watch the show, Ricky, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you, Ricky. I'm looking at you. Ricky. I, I trashed the king of the wokes, Mark Ruffalo. You did. You absolutely trashed him last week. So I'm, so I'm going now on the other end of the platform to someone who donated to Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. I'm not even upset at that. You do you. Your money, you do what you want. Here's where I got a problem with you. Did you see, Evan, did you see where he went, uh, went to a Costco employee? And Yeah. All right. Now, there's tons of those videos online, and they're all stupid, and they're all embarrassing. And I've actually been an employee at the end of that. Yeah, okay when I was working at Rocky Mountaineer and I was uh, man managing a tra the train station and a train, we couldn't get the train going because a train where it was parked, there was another train that had derailed. So we couldn't get, we couldn't do anything. This was in the Rocky Mountain. So it's not like, so big giant machine that does that isn't just there on standby. Right. So I had someone do that with me. So you mean to say that you're holding my luggage out because we sent the luggage ahead, you know, just so that the luggage is actually there in your hotel. It's, mm -hmm. it's really pretty primo service, right? So this guy's like, you're, so he's got this video on me. Like, you're, so, so you mean to tell me that right now my luggage is being held hostage? I demand to have it now. So I said, well, you know, hostage, you know, my brother who served in the military for 25 years was a hostage for six months in Afghanistan. So do we want to really rework that, look back at that word? You know, you know, you can, I know you're laughing because you know I'm, I made that up. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like I worked at, I told you, I worked at the front desk of the New England Aquarium for seven years. Mm-hmm. I worked on the sea lion boat. I fed penguins. I did pretty much, I ran the movie theater. I did pretty much anything you can do at the New England Aquarium. Mm-hmm. And just the things you got from people. I had a guy say I tried to kill him because I directed him which way to go to the sea lion show. And he had a heart condition. And it was outside in July in 90 degree weather and he could have died on the way. He legitimately had to walk 30 yards oh, wow. in order to get there. Because it was on a boat. Like you have to go outside to get to the boat. <laughs> and he came back and th- threatened me. This is before cell phones. That's how old I am. Uh, but came back and threatened me with a lawsuit because I threatened, I tried to kill him by directing him how to go see my show the same way I directed everybody else. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that lawsuit he, this guy threatened me with too because he says he was a lawyer from Florida. Mm. <laughs> and I looked, at, looked him up and he was. So yeah. either way, uh, so hey, so if you're watching, yeah, I, I lied. My brother, my brother, he was in Afghanistan, but he did well. He came back. Went there again, came back. So, I mean, the Afghanistan part was true, and he was there for six months. Anyway, back to Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> so, Ricky, Ricky, buddy. And you, you apologized after, and I appreciate that. And that's really good. But Jesus Christ, you're over 50, man. Like, at, at some point in your life, and this is a PSA to not just Ricky, but just really to everybody. I get even why you did it. I mean, the whole mask thing was, especially right when the president says, hey, it's okay, and then some states say it's not. I mean, we, we can go on this mask debate all we want. I get where you're trying to almost make a stand. Fine. Do it to the right people. Yeah. Don't just pick a random person who is doing his job. Yeah. Don't. Don't be that guy. Don't be a Ricky. Yeah, that, that reminds me. Did you see the guy with the, the Ikea rants from a few weeks ago? So it, was, it was a viral video about a guy being Ikea rant. And the guy's like, oh, you want me to go get the manager? Manager doesn't know what's going on. Haven't you ever worked anywhere? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. They, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's sort of the same thing. Like, oh, well, I'm going to lose your business. You think, you think I own the company? I'm a seasoned employee halfway through a two-week notice. Like, <laughs> it, It's like why, like, why put somebody in that awkward position and – Kudos to that, that gentleman who handled it like a pro. And kudos to all the people who handle it like a pro. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we get that you're frustrated. And they're not? Yeah, of course. Oh, they, they love being there, let me tell you. They love being there and being yelled at. Oh, God, that just set, anyway. it set me off. That's my elevator down. It doesn't affect any Hall of Fame. I just thought it was a really shitty thing to do for someone who looks now because when people and I walk down – People might say, that's the man. That's the guy who was mean to that Costco employee. Okay, it won't happen here in Barbados, but when I go <laughs> back, it could happen. This could happen to me. And that's not right. I don't want that. Suppose, suppose that is true. So, all right. So I guess we should go to... Uh, From a dead career to dead people. There we go. Um, yes. So um, the... The uh, beige mistress again was quiet this week. We did lose a composer and a poet from Hungary, but uh, neither of them are athletes that meets our definition. I did want to say we did lose two people who are expected to compete in the Olympics coming up later this year who died of COVID. Uh, An archer from Malaysia, well, that hasn't been proven whether or not, died at 27, an archer from Malaysia and a 30-year-old Chilean cyclist. 
both passed away from, well, the 30, the Chilean cyclist definitely had COVID. The uh, Malaysian archer, which you'd think, oh, Malaysian archery, not what she's, uh, he, he was the Asian champion three times in a row. So like an actual, as much as there's an Asian compet competitor for archery, I have no idea. They had a very good chance. Died at the age of 27, collapsed during prayer and died. Damn. So I don't know what's going on, but the rest of the world, but we need to finally get like everyone in the US here now is mostly vaccinated, it seems. The people who are going to get vaccinated basically have the opportunity to do so. We need to make sure we got this in check with the rest of the world because this is India well, is a complete th utter crazy. Th th this isn't where I thought we were going to go, but since we're here, uh, what percentage do you think the, your country is going to be in terms of that? Because obviously there's a lot of people. Ultimately? Yeah, like eventually. 75 to 80. Okay. Uh, here in Barbados, I have a feeling it's going to be around 50. Mm. Uh, there, I think there's a lot of people who just don't want to take it. Uh, when I say 75 to 80, I'm taking out the very old people. So anyone over the age of 90, uh, their immune systems are too weak anyway. So I'm, I got you got to take them out because the vaccination rates of people 65 to 85 in this country is super high. They, they all, a lot of them went and got it. So, and pretty much everyone around here did. But anyway, coming off of that, um, we're going to go into um, some folks who passed away. We'll start, there's only one person really from the world of music who passed away, and that was Patsy Bruce. Uh, she passed away at the age of 81. Uh, she was a songwriter, music manager. She's most famous for writing the country standard Mama, don't let your babies grow Willie up. Boys. What? Willie didn't write that. Willie did not write that, nor did Waylon Jennings. Um, no. Patsy Bruce wrote it. Um, so she passed away earlier this week at the age of 81. Um, so this is one of the absolute classic hits of all time. There are other ones too, but that's the one that almost everybody's going to know. Mm -hmm. So um, we also had. Uh, from the world of the WWE, or wrestling anyway, we lost a couple of folks. Uh, one of whom I know you don't know that much about, Don Kernodal, passed away at the age of 71. Um, he uh, was with uh, WWF in uh, like the early 80s, went to NWA, part of the Cobra Corps in the Mid-Atlantic, um, and appeared in the 1978 Sylvester Stallone movie, Paradise Alley. Oh, okay. I did think he shot himself, though, so... Yeah, he did. did. Did it say anything new as to why? Uh, he had been having several health issues and apparently went to the doctor and got a bad diagnosis. He came home and shot himself. Mm. That's too bad. Yeah. So, uh, but he passed at the age of 71, and New Jack passed away as well. Yeah. Uh, Jerome Young at the age of 58. Do you have anything to say about him? You know, usually when someone dies, you can't, you're always, if they did something a little bit bad in life, sometimes you try to forget it and gloss over it. You can't do that with New Jack. And there's no other way to describe this guy as just a, as, as, as a very interesting character. He didn't wrestle in the big promotions because they wouldn't take him. There's no way they wanted to take him. He was just too controversial. He did wrestle... He's known for a few things mostly. And what he's mostly known for is 
really trying to kill people in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like literally trying to just do damage. He was involved in an incident in extreme championship wrestling, ECW, uh, which is known to wrestling fans as the mass transit incident. And what it was is there was this kid, the 17 year old kid who said, who tried to get booked on the show, lied about his age, lied about his training. And then he got paired up in a match against New Jack. Now this guy, we was a 350 pound gelatinous blob of, of a kid. So he looked older than he was, which is probably how he was able to do that. And he, in the match, he said to New Jack, or before that, I want to get, co- I, I want to get color for it, which basically means I want to bleed. Mm. He said, I never did it before. Can you do that for me? New Jack, who by that point had, had used to be a bounty hunter, and in a documentary said that he had four justifiable homicides. Just the four, though. Just the four. It was a four or two. I mean, I heard two the other day, but I could have sworn he said four. Either way, he claims to have legitimately killed four people and was okay with it because it was justified. Did that cut the kid so deep, and he pretty much laughed about it. Got off. Uh, he was... He was arrested, there did go to trial, and he got off because the kid kind of embarrassed himself. So he did that. Uh, years later, he was, a, was in a scaffold match, giant, like 20 foot, 20 feet, maybe higher than that. Was, the clips of it are still on the online. Oh, and he, he went, it was against this guy named Vic Grimes, who had hurt him in a match before. Mm-hmm. So this time he said, well, I'm really going to get him. He actually had a taser. I don't know if the taser was something planned. Tased him. And then the way New Jack says, he says, New Jack, I can't feel my legs. And New Jack says, you won't need it, motherfucker. Threw him, threw him off. I don't know how he didn't die. Because he was supposed to fall through tables. But he threw him so that he would miss the tables. Bounced off a rope. And uh, he, he only had like a broken ankle or something like that. It might be off on the injury. But he should have been dead. He should have been dead. And he, New Jack saying, well, I tried to, I, that's what I was hoping for. There's all, but he had such this, this interesting personality that as much as he had this awful things that he would do, a lot of people still like the guy. I admit I kind of liked the guy because he was just so damn entertaining. But you can't, I can't separate those things. Understand. It's, and that's just some of it. Uh, Vice TV is doing a whole Dark Side of the Ring show where they did a whole episode on him. And he's just nonchalantly talking about the things that he did. Like, eh, they had it coming. And sometimes for just because. It's justifiable. Justifiable. Just sometimes because you might just not, maybe he didn't like you. Yeah. Well, he passed away at the age of 58 from blood clots walking back from a wrestling match. He's walking home. Participating or just watching it? I don't know that part. Um, Well, he was also a heavy drug user, so, I mean... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That happened to him back in 2016. I misread it. He uh, died of a heart attack. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. I mean, so, it's... I can't say that it's a surprise that he he died, because also, what he... He couldn't really wrestle either, so he would just take take poundings. So he would just dive off Mm. balconies. You know, you, the human body is not meant to do what he put his own body through, let alone what he did to others. 
Right. But yeah, so that's sort of my thing on, on New Jack. All right. Well, moving on, we, uh, we lost uh, College Football Hall of Famer Fred Martinelli, who was inducted in 2002. He was the head coach of Ashland from 1959 to 1993. Um, won, how many games did he win? He went 217, 119, and 12. So there aren't that many coaches in, in college football have over 200 wins. No. He's one of them. Uh, but he passed away at the age of 92 earlier this week. Um, from the world of baseball, we lost one of my favorite names in, in late 70s baseball. Rennie Stennett passed away. Rennie Stennett passed away at the age of 72. Uh, played on the Pirates. Uh, we are family world series, 1979 pirates, uh, played for them for eight years, last two years of his career with the, uh, San Francisco giants. Um, but, uh, he, he and went to the same high school as Rod Carew. Um, I, th I think they were, they gotta have been cl there at a close to the same time. Right. Cause Carew was. Well, Carew played till the mid eighties. Yeah. In 60 I mean, or something. Yeah, hold on. Carew was answering questions on Twitter earlier today. That was really great. Um, but uh, yeah, Carew was born, was born in 45, which makes him 75. So Stanette was born in 49. So Carew was actually older than he was. Uh, but they were at the same high school in Cologne, Panama. Uh, he passed away at the age of 72. Um, he was suffering from cancer mm. prior, to, prior to his passing away. Um, from the world of hockey, we lost, and I never pronounced his name right, Gil Lupien, the uh, defenseman for the Canadians, uh, Penguins, and Whalers uh, from 77 to 82. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, I, used, his, I had a hockey card of his. I always thought it looked just like one of my uncles. <laughs> okay. Well, he, he was uh, he was 67. He passed of cancer. He was a member of the Canadian 78 and 79 Stanley Cup champion teams. Defense, if I remember right. Yeah, he, he, led, he led the franchise in penalty minutes both of those years. So um, later traded for a uh, third round pick in the 83 entry draft. So he passed away at the age of uh, 67 from cancer. Um, from... I'm going to go back to one person I wanted to talk a little bit more about, but from the world of acting, we lost a very small character actor named Blackie Dammit, uh, who was in National Lampoon's Class Reunion, Meatballs Part 2, Lethal Weapon as the pivotal role as drug dealer number three. And I normally wouldn't bring him up, except for the fact that his son is Anthony Kiedis. Um, so, of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, so... Dammit was uh, born John Michael Kiedis, uh, passed away at the age of, let's see, was at 82, believe it or not. But he used to dr uh, basically deal drugs at the Rainbow Bar and Grill in the Hollywood nightclub to Led Zeppelin and Keith Moon of The Who and all sorts of other people. Um, and then when Kiedis ended up on drugs, he felt responsible for the drug addiction. Um, but yeah, Dammit passed away, like I said, at the age of 82. It's kind of amazing that he made it that long, honestly. Um, and more notable names, Paul Mooney passed away today. I saw it. Um, Paul Mooney is one of the few people, someone who posted today was, Paul Mooney was one of the few people who told Richard Pryor, I'm trying to remember the exact people, it was Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle, 
and two other big African-American comedians, whether or not their jokes were funny and they'd believe them. Um, like Mooney was 79 when he passed. Uh, just like he was a ringmaster in a circus at one point in his career. Uh, just like a really, really interesting dude. Um, do you have anything to say about Mooney? It's another one with a very complicated legacy also, uh, as there's been some accusations made towards him uh, that I won't go any further because unlike with New Jack, well, New Jack told you what he did. Uh, this, they, they weren't good in terms of, I think, think that one had to do with Pryor's kid. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I did. I did see that. And he had the. And he did have the thing about Boston Marathon bombings, that white people can lose as many limbs as they want because they deserve it as long as black people weren't hurt. Did he say that? Yeah, and they canceled like a whole bunch of his stuff. I I didn't. I missed that completely. I I didn't. Yeah, that's back in. That was like the week of the marathon bombing. So. Wow. That's. <laughs> but I bet he delivered it well. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, it's. Uh, no, I, I've, I remember anytime I'd ever see him on a show, uh, I always thought it was pretty pretty funny. But you know, a lot of other things I've been reading about have came out, or maybe I'm just stumbling across it now, which mm-hmm. might be more accurate. But no, it's uh, it's still it's still sad. It's I I just love comedians. They they are yeah. my, my, some of my favorite people, but a lot of them are damaged. Yeah, so. and, and he also played Sam Cooke in the Buddy Holly story, so. Oh, okay. I didn't know but that. Anyway. Um, a very minor character, but I still think very important, Ty the Elephant passed away Who's at up? the age of 52. The Elephant from Operation Dumbledrop and Water for Elephants and everything. Ty was the Hollywood Elephant. Hmm. Uh, passed away at the age of 52, a good long life. Uh, in Fredericksburg, Texas. I just wanted to bring that up because also passing this week, Another favorite of children's movies, among other things, Charles Grodin passed away at the age of 86. The dad from Beethoven, the accountant from Dave, I mean, Heartbreak Kid, Midnight Run, uh, Great Muppet, oh, uh, does the guy who stole the uh, diamond from the Mallory Gallery, the baseball diamond from the Mallory Gallery and the Great Muppet Caper. Um, just a great, a great character actor who showed up in a lot of cool things. Long so. career. Long, very, very long career. So he, uh, yeah, passed away at the age of 86. So, and then the last one I want to bring up, someone who kind of gets overlooked for his role in things, but he passed away at the age of 74. Lee Evans passed away. Not the, uh, not the football player, but the two-time Olympic gold medalist in the 1968 Mexico City Games. Uh, he won gold in the 400 meters in the 4 by 400 relay. Uh, but he, after more importantly than what he did for that, he co-founded the Olympic Project for Human Rights, oh. um, and which has become very, very important. They're actually part of the, they've teamed up with the Uyghur community and others trying to get an outright ban of the Olympics in Beijing uh, in 2022 because of the, which is only like the, the, we're having the Summer Olympics in two months and the Winter Olympics are only like seven months away after that. Uh, because of the delay. This is how it used to be. Yeah, pretty much. Um, back up until, what is it, Lillehammer was the yeah. uh, last one uh, in 94. Um, but just it's a, just a very important historical social rights person in, in, in uh, 
athletic history who seems to somehow get we talk about um john carlos and tommy smith mm -hmm. and that seems to be like the be all and end all of the list in many ways but lee evans was also there as one of the most important folks around that time getting stuff done so and and, and you're always going to have that when you have that iconic photo that right. everyone has seen of, of the two on the podium I and I sort of I really respect all this of pushing towards like boycotting China for that. It won't happen. It won't happen. We know there's too much money involved. Yeah, it's for people who don't actually care. So very, very, very true. It's it's like a, I was convinced seven months ago, and I I I don't think I really thought this all through that the Olympics this year was not going to happen mm -hmm. in in Tokyo. Now. Even though there's a, there's a recent poll that said 80% of Japanese don't want it, I'm now right. convinced more than ever. That yeah, it's, it, it, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. So, but anyway, Evans uh, actually had a stroke and died in Lagos, Nigeria. Mm. Actually, earlier today. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, he he and Tommy Smith were the founders, and Smith and uh, Carlos were the face. But he was pretty much a guy driving it behind the scenes. So. So that is my uh, my uh, death rattle for the week. And then you got the hammer here again. I got the hammer, yeah. So the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> Damn it, I'm going to do it. I'm sorry, man. Uh, I just know you said you weren't going to have any sound effects this week. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so the good is actually um, something I've talked about before, and I just think it's a good development for sports in general. The more involvement in management for people who are have been normally shut out of management. So earlier this week, uh, four women moved up in positions in major sports uh, and setting things for the first time. So earlier today, Duke announced actually that Nina King was the director of athletics at Duke University, becoming the first woman ever to hold a position and the third overall, uh, and sorry, the third woman of color in division one sports to hold that position. She's been with them since 2005, I believe. So mm -hmm. she's been there a long, long time and deserves it. But it's just good to see that happening in, in ACC sports, right? Uh, but more importantly, the NHL today, uh, this week, the, uh, uh, the Devils named uh, Megan Duggan the manager of player development uh, in, in for them. And even more, the Toronto Maple Leafs became the first franchise in any sport to have an all-female player development management staff. They promoted Haley Wickenheiser, who you might know is a pretty good hockey player and probably a pretty good judge of talent, uh, to the director of player, I believe player development, yep, and then her assistant, Danielle Goyette, who was also a very good hockey player. Um, so it's just interesting that more and more franchises are branching out into places and bringing in new ideas. And I think that's good regards, not just because they're women, but just because it's been very much a old boys club with cigars and we got a whole bunch of, with new ideas coming in, there's gonna be new innovation and at least new things being tried. And I think that's a good thing for sports in general. Mm -hmm. So so that's my good. Yeah, I missed that announcement from the Leafs. I didn't, I didn't even catch that at all. Yeah, the, the, those, that and the Devils one was yesterday and Nina was, uh, Nina, I can't think of her last name right now. It just disappeared. Uh, for Duke was today. Um, yeah, I read. yeah. Uh, so the bad, 
Uh, I did want to make fun again of the the breakaway six from England who did not win the FA Cup. Leicester won the FA Cup, although Leicester then I was hoping Leicester was going to beat Chelsea again yesterday, but they end up losing two to one. And now because um, because uh, Liverpool won today in the goal differential, they may not make the uh, European Cup with, without help. But um, I'm actually going to go still soccer and an idea that's been floated for years, but was formally proposed for the first time by the Republic of Saudi Arabia for the World Cup to happen every two years. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, Not a good idea. No. Right now we're coming off like it's kind of amazing going back to Leicester. It's kind of amazing Leicester's doing as well as they have because they played a full season in like 60% of the time. And a team like Leicester, who, again, owned by a billionaire, but doesn't have the same budget as some of these other teams, like Liverpool can roll out two full teams. Man City can roll out two full teams. Leicester plays like the same 16 guys over and over and over again, right? Um, And these guys are tired. Like all, like there's so much going, they're going right into this, into the European championships coming up and which has more teams this year for the first time. There are 24 teams for the first time. The next world cup is going to have 48 teams for the first time, the most that's ever been. And it's at some point, you're going to get to the point where there's just too much soccer. Mm -hmm. Like these guys need time off in order to recover. You're not supposed to be able to play at that high level for that long without getting badly injured. Um, so I understand why they're doing this. I understand why they're taking it seriously because a lot of FIFA is in the pocket of the oil money in the Middle East, which is why Qatar has a World Cup coming up. Um, but it's a bad idea. They should just not do it. <laughs> Every two years. I'm, and I'm sure they'll be more than happy to host it. Of course. But then again, though, you have the European Championships every two years as well. You have... Uh, you have the Conmey Bowl Championship. You have all these other ones that, what are we doing with them? Because they, they can't, they not just canceling those as well. I'm sorry that the Asian Championship isn't as exciting, but UEFA makes $2.3 billion every four years of the European Championship. Now the World Cup makes $6 billion basically for uh, overall, but the European Union is not going to give up their free $2.3 billion when they're only getting a portion of the six, you know what I mean? Yep. It's, just, it's not going to happen. So it's just a bad idea. They shouldn't do it. I understand why they want to do it, but they, it's not a good idea. And the ugly. Mm-hmm. When the White Sox hired Tony LaRusso. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> we were thinking this wasn't the best idea, right? Yep. They fired a very popular manager who brought them through some very tough times. One of the few Hispanic managers in, in Major League Baseball with a very Hispanic-based team to bring in the owner's friend who hadn't managed in quite a while and was kind of out of touch when he left last time, when he left the Cardinals. Tony Larusa earlier this season <laughs> didn't know the rules and cost his team a game. He put in a pitcher as a pinch runner with the stupid rule. We've talked about the stupid rule for overtime for uh, extra innings, but you don't have, if, if you're in a national league park you, and the pitcher gets switched in, then he doesn't have to do the running from second base. You can substitute the person in front of him in the lineup, whatever. Somebody should have known the rule. They basically lost the game because they had a pitcher running who had no idea what the hell to do. 
right? So we now come to the unwritten rules of baseball, also known as crotchety white people making it, white men, making it so everybody hates your sport. So they're playing, they're up 16 to five in a game against the Minnesota Twins. And the Twins bring in a position player to pitch. It's three and oh, a 47 mile an hour pitch comes in. And one of his best players, as opposed to taking it like he was supposed to do, uh, uh, I want to make sure I pronounce his name correctly because I, uh, you're mean, you're mean Mercedes. I, I had it spelled out, so make sure I had it right. You're mean Mercedes, instead of just taking this pitch, cranks it over the wall for a home run. And Tony La Russa responds by calling him clueless in his press conference afterwards because he's violated the unwritten rules of baseball. Now, many people, including Bauer, Trevor Bauer said, if you hit a th- swing three, nothing and a fastball off, uh, hit a home run off me, good on you. I'm never going to be mad at you for trying to get yeah. a hit off. That's your job. Right. But as several people pointed out, the other team was no longer taking the game seriously as soon as they put a position player in the game. I'm sure that uh, that Mercedes has something in his contract to hit a certain amount of home runs. Yeah, that's true, probably. Uh, and he, even if he doesn't, I mean, uh, he, he got off to a great start. He's cooled since, uh, you know, but because his, I think he was like the hottest player in the first two weeks of baseball or close to mm-hmm. if. Again, what's he supposed to do? Actually, I'm sort of happy to see somebody crush a 47-mile-an-hour ball because usually there's like, what the hell is this? Right. And they don't know what to do. He absolutely destroyed it. And as Lance Lynn said, get the damn game over with. Swing the bat. People want to see stuff. Like, just go through. And he's saying that that, uh, his teammates, Likos Giolito, said there's no negativity. We all support Yermin. We love home runs. That's it. We're going to move on. Yeah. But there's a whole bunch of people in that locker room who do not like Tony La Russa. No. And that White Sox team is freaking good. That White Sox team has a legitimate shot and should be the American League representative in the World Series. That is how talented that team is, in my opinion. Yeah. I have, and I'm fans of the Red Sox team who's in first place in our division. Yeah. Like two before the Yankees realize that they're actually the Yankees are going to pass us. But, like, the- Tony La Russa, go back to retirement. You know, one of the, the – Bill Maher says this all the time, and it's true when he says it, that ageism is the only acceptable-ism right now. Having said that, that doesn't mean that once you get to – that things can't pass you by. It's passed him by. And that is, he hasn't followed up with, with baseball in a long time because he hasn't had to. Uh, he's an old-school guy. He's probably probably after every game, and I don't know this for sure, but – doesn't he sort of seem like the type of guy after every game, he's just sort of like uh, downing a pile of, downing a bunch of whiskeys, talking about the good old days? He definitely has a cigar. Hmm? <laughs> he definitely has a cigar. Yeah, probably he's got that. And, you know, and if I'm wrong on that, well, there's a few DWIs that kind of tell me that uh, maybe there's something to it. Don't know. But, yeah, I, I knew you were going to bring up La Russa. I, there was... I'm sure of it. I couldn't even use him for elevator down. He's already in the Hall of Fame. I know. It just, like, 
as Trevor Bauer said, his quote, I can't believe we're talking about three nothing swings. If you don't like it, managers and pitchers be better. If people are mad about a hitter hitting, get out of the game. Trevor Bauer said that. Alex Wood, do you realize how hard it is to launch a 49 mile an hour pitch 400 feet? <laughs> He's like, like, I don't care. I don't care like what's going on. Play the game. Just get it over. So, whatever. Uh, there's no rift in the locker room. I guarantee you there are rifts in the locker room with him. I don't think rift. I think they all think he's an idiot. Yes. I I think they're all in complete agreement. Just Tony La Russa, it's been fun. Get out of here. They're still 26 and 16. They still have the best record in the American League, but it's going to catch up with them at some point here. If we give him the manager of the year. Oh, my God. Well, who would, who would it be funnier to get the manager of the year? Tony La Russa, mm-hmm. if the White Sox win it, or yeah. Alex Cora, if the Red Sox win it? It would be funnier? Because Cora got busted, got suspended last year. Red Sox are a last-place team. If they win their division, would it be funnier with Tony La Russa or would it be funnier with Alex Cora? I don't know. I, I, I don't have an answer. I really, don't, I really don't know which one would be funnier. And both could happen. Both could happen. Yeah. It's just, all I have to say is the, the Red Sox have really, the, the, the signs are aligning for us as, as some of our, uh, as some of our uh, detractors say. It's just funny that we were so bad last year and these same players are somehow significantly better now that Cora is back. So anyway. I've watched a few Red Sox games this year. I haven't heard any about ba- any uh, gar- garbage bins. I haven't either. Well, the garbage cans was uh was the Astros thing. We used Apple Watches a few years ago. Oh, my bad. And then I don't remember what it was after that. It was like uh it was like what I understand, I don't remember exactly, but it seemed like the uh cheating and poker system. We have like the buzzer on your shoe and you're on the metal the metal uh pad and they they buzz and that will tell you what it is. Uh yeah, I don't know. So Anyway, I think we covered it. I think so. And after our, a lot of tangents at the beginning, we stayed on track after that. It's weird. We're getting better. We're getting better. I think the whole visual thing sort of works for us. I don't know if it works for our audience, but it's working for us. I mean, man, eye candy. What can I say? We got, uh, we got off-brand Ricky Schroeder and off-brand ben, off ben McKenzie, maybe? I don't know who I look like. I, someone once asked me, I worked at the aquarium, if I was Tom York of Radiohead. And I was like, if I were Tom York, why the hell would I be behind this desk? <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it, it could be a whole lot worse. Somebody said I was the, somebody asked me, like, are, you kind of look like the fat guy from Hangover. That was, that was not a good day for me. Yeah. I, I, I like Zach Galifianakis. I didn't think I liked him, though. But anyway. If- if you have a fern on either side of you, though, right now, man, and I just can't see it because they're off camera. <laughs> it could be or something. All right. Episode 20 next week. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.